A note of warning, this podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast. This week we have a Florida arrest from a 33-year-old Las Vegas cold case child murder, a ruling in the case of a Chinese scholar who's missing and presumed murdered in an Illinois college town, and getting high with a tiger in a Houston house. First up, though... We have the case of a woman found dead and bound inside a suitcase off the side of the road in Connecticut. I'm Billy. This is Owen. Owen, what's going on in Connecticut? Hello, Billy. Uh, The Connecticut case of Valerie Reyes. Uh, Valerie Reyes was a resident of New New Rochelle, New York. She was reported missing on January 30th by her parents and her boyfriend. The 24-year-old Reyes worked at Barnes & Noble Bookstore in East Chester, New York, and hadn't shown up for her shifts. Uh, There are bookstores that still exist. Uh, Last week on February 5th, highway workers found a suitcase about 20 feet off the side of the road in Greenwich, which is a fairly affluent suburb in Connecticut, uh, just off of Long Island, I believe. Well, it's above Long Island. Long Island Sound. Long Island Sound. Uh, Inside the suitcase, uh, police uh, discovered the dead body of a woman whose hands and feet were bound. That woman was identified uh, as Valerie Reyes. And identified this week. And, you know, that's one of the things that happens when you find a woman... Any remains is that you automatically you find remains and then you just look at every missing person support that's out there and the news is doing it of course the police are doing it but more importantly more tragically the families are doing it and I remember working on a a case of a missing girl a girl that went missing in um in Atlanta and about six months after she went missing, a body was found in a suitcase, and they did not identify the body, so everybody was wondering if it was her. It was her. They finally did a DNA test, but those take a really long time. Mm-hmm. So with this, the fact that they were able to identify her in you know within about you know seven days was good, at least for the family, um, to, to, to for all the other families out there to be like, okay, fine, this is not the our, our missing child because it happens a lot. And well, they were lucky enough. Uh, I shouldn't say lucky, but uh, it was uh, for the case. The fact that it was relatively uh, short distance. Yeah, no, definitely. a cross-country thing. I mean, it wasn't that far. Um, so her mother said that Valerie had told her the week before she went missing that she was worried that someone was going to kill her. That's what uh, she told uh, uh, police and journalists uh, this week. Um, we're still waiting to hear more about that. Uh, this week, police did announce an arrest. Valerie's ex-boyfriend, a man named Javier Da Silva, also 24, uh, was arrested on a kidnapping charge resulting in death. The head of the FBI in New York described Da Silva as an alleged murderer. So uh, it sounds like they are yes. not looking. Uh, well, here, here's what he told her, which is interesting. And this is his... You hear this often when somebody is um, is being charged with a, a dead body case. He said that he was having sex with her in their apartment on January 29th, their apartment in New Rochelle, and, quote, she fell on the floor and hit her head. The federal, uh, the federal complaint says that he then put packing tape over her mouth, bound her wrists and ankles with more tape, and then put her in the suitcase, which he then put in the car, and then he drove the car to the suitcase into what he called a forest. Which uh, begs the question, why uh, are, is your first instinct to tape a mouth of uh, somebody who you, you have to presume that this person, uh, I suppose, is deceased? Uh, who knows what's in the state yeah. of mind there? They, they, they have not received, uh, excuse me, they have not released the cause of death of Valerie yet. 
But uh, the fact that uh, his first instinct was to, uh, you know, this is all alleged at this point, but uh, put packing tape over her mouth, he bound her wrists and ankles, yeah. and then put her in this uh, In the suitcase. car, and then put her in the forest. And, and then his second instinct is to take her debit card and go withdraw $1,000 from an ATM in New Rochelle. Secretively as well. I mean, yeah. he was wearing, a, the surveillance video shows uh, a, a man with a black hooded sweatshirt with the hood pulled over him. He parked across the street before he went up into the bank. Um, this uh, ATM was in New Rochelle, which is where where this all took place, uh, allegedly. Um, there was a... The car apparently was a rental out of Flushing, which I'm not uh, clear how far away Flushing is from this entire area, but I have to think it's in the, in the same region. To get from Flushing, which is where Shea Stadium is, you'd have to go up the... Um the uh, the bridge and it is uh it could take anywhere from 30 minutes to seven hours depending on traffic uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so it's you know valerie was found barefoot she was wearing an unbuttoned shirt her hands were bound behind her back uh with packing tape and, str- and string and um so there are multiple crimes being investigated what is this guy going to be charged with you know if he's going to go with this thing that it was an accident why would you bind her they got, they're going to hit him with murder on this. He's going to try and say it was an accident and I was just trying to dispose of a body. He's trying to get with a uh, unlawful disposal of a body and maybe kidnapping because I saw the kidnapping on there as well. Mm-hmm. It's not going uh, to go well for him. He's not entered a plea yet. Incidentally, he's from Portugal, but he overstayed his visa in 2017. Uh, it's true, and uh, by all accounts, the family said that uh, she, Valerie, had this had a boyfriend named uh, excuse me Javier that they hadn't known, but she had broken up with him a year beforehand, and uh, there are reports in the media that her parents and her current boyfriend reported her missing. Although that's not a hundred percent who the boyfriend is that reported her missing. I suppose there's a possibility that he is the guy who also said, hey, I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, you know, it's obviously speculation. Yeah. But um, uh, who can say what actually happened? We'll, we'll wait for more forensics on this one. But uh, it's a tragic thing, and it's an awful way to, to go, and it's an awful way to be discovered. Um, Another tragic story with a somewhat happy ending because it's it's justice. Got a little and justice, justice delayed is still justice. Amy Elizabeth Fleming, who was 60, she moved to Florida from Las Vegas, two great cities, nothing, two great places, nothing bad ever happens in those out two to places. Me. Jumped out to me. 33 years ago, after her three-year-old son disappeared. And you, know, you got to think, if this was a, in a time during of social media or whatever, this was, this was you know, her son uh, disappeared and his name was Francion Pierre. In 1986, which is the time of the milk carton kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think this kid got on a milk carton. Uh, but she said that the boy um, uh, wandered away from a swap meet in Las Vegas on, sa- on a Saturday afternoon in August 1986. And the police always just didn't really like that. They said that Fleming and Lee Luster, who was her fiance at the time, have always been considered persons of interest. And... The way that they, you know, so when this happens, but you just don't have any information or anything on this. I mean, Casey Anthony didn't have any information until they found the body. So what are you going to do? They're just waiting. And there's there's a lot of these cases where people are just waiting and then they got a lucky break. Police said uh, this week that they thought the whole story about the swap meet thing was a diversion. Uh, They never quite fully bought it. Um, And if you think about it, I mean, aside from 
it's a pretty good alibi as far as uh, the chaos at a swap meet. Swap meets, meets there's a lot of chaos. It's even better than a, than a mall because it's sort of usually outdoors. Yeah. And even if it's indoors, it's it's kind of a hectic and chaos. So um, that's what they that's what they told police at the time. Uh, and they also said. Um, Fleming and Luster said that the boy's father from Haiti, because they think that the boy was adopted. Right. It's unclear. But the boy's father, who had lived in Haiti, might have abducted him. So they're doing misdirection in two different places, this swap meet and this mysterious father from Haiti. And they're just throwing enough shade on the case. There's not enough. In, there's not enough evidence. So they just got to walk, and then they moved to Florida. By the way, they are apparently trying to contact him this week. Uh, they have, as of yesterday, they they hadn't uh, contacted him yet. But uh, what spurred this week's uh, development is uh, North Las Vegas police were alerted in uh, 2017. Someone applied for a birth certificate in uh, in attempting an identity theft case. Uh, using the boy's name. Detectives uh, started reviewing the cold case uh, once they were triggered on this. We don't have a lot of details about how this happened or who did that or what that's about, but uh, that apparently was uh, enough to get some yeah. cold and, case detectives and on. And the identity theft, this is one of the more hardcore identity thefts. So identity thefts can happen when they say how many ever people get their identity stolen. A lot of times, it's, if your credit card gets stolen, that's considered an identity sure. theft. This is somebody going in and looking, and this is, this is common for real hardcore criminals, mm-hmm. Um, also potentially trying to, to uh, you used to be able to do this to bilk in the government. The government got wise to it. But using a name of a dead, usually a dead child. child exactly. This is it, ideal for that. Yeah. Using a name of a dead child and then going in and then trying to do it. And a lot of times people have done this. And back before computers and everything, people would do it to get uh, benefits and, and, and sort of things like that. People would do it for people that died in the, in the war and try to get their identities in order to get military benefits. Uh, this was a thing that happened. It, it happens a lot less and less these days because they track it a lot more. But it's so interesting that an identity theft case led to this. Which really this begs the question, is that a coincidence? Is it is it random? Like, can, do we really think that the parents, the, or these two people, Amy Fleming and Lee Luster, somehow th- thought this was a good angle? Like to, like to poke the bear? Yeah. Uh, why would they poke the bear like that? I have no idea. It is, so. You know, I'm not trying to cast dispersions of Florida. There's plenty of other people and, and uh, institutions out there to do that. But uh, who, who knows what, what the, the enterprise was behind that. Um, so it, on top of, of this, so they had been arrested for child abuse in 85, mm-hmm. and the boy was covered with welts, 30 to 40 welts on his back and neck, according to police reports. And they were also arrested in 86 for obstruction of justice after lying multiple times during the investigation into the boy's disappearance. So they were totally shady. They just didn't have enough on them. Fleming failed two polygraph tests, mm-hmm. and the investigator, the, the examiner told the detective that she was so deceptive that... And this is this is a quote from the examiner. He was sure that they had killed Francion and dumped his body in Lake Mead, according to the affidavit. And then in 1998, a child's skull and bones were actually found on the shore of Lake Mead. A lot of uh, circumstantial stuff here. Uh, adding to that is that while they were both incar- incarcerated, Amy Fleming wrote letters to Lee Luster. Uh, one of them, at least one of them, was torn into uh, little bits. Detectives investigating reconstructed that letter. It's, uh, it's a, There's a know, lot of Agatha Christie stuff, stuff going exactly. on here. Very, very uh, old school. Uh, in that letter, allegedly, it says, what happened was totally unintentional. I'm sorry. I hope you know that. But Fleming and Luster, they married and they moved to Florida in 1987, right after uh, you know, a few after years after Epcot. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, oh, Luster has not been charged in the case. And 
the you know the handwriting there apparently a reporter went to the residence of them and uh, there was a uh, a handwritten letter on the door signed by Lee that said my wife did not murder her son so that's that's your that's your Valentine's Day uh, Lee Lester right it's it's unclear whether uh, he's going to be charged he hasn't been charged with anything it does uh, you know strictly from a very remote perspective here it seems as if uh, she's going to be implicated here uh, excuse me is implicated in this crime and he's not um, she's being transferred from Palm Beach County to Nevada and the investigation is ongoing so we expect to hear more about this particular one we will definitely keep you updated on that because there's a lot of clues that they have to put together because they still it's still it's a lot of it's still it still happenstance they could they could they could actually still walk for this well, and what would it take? I mean, uh, there are no remains here. Yeah. Uh, well, well, there are r- remains, but there's not going to be any evidence on those remains. And, and, sure. But if they find it, I mean, if there's welts on the boy's body, hopefully in the remains, and this is hard to say, hopefully, but there are evidence in the bones of, um, of fractures or anything like that that might be able to build that case. But again, it's all going to be it's you, you, you make a, a good lot of point because um, there's not enough, uh, as far as we know, they would have to. They would have. They would have to sort of hope for a, a, a confession here. Yeah. Because if they didn't have enough in, uh, evidence back then, it's still fairly circumstantial. No. And there's not going to be any DNA. Is not going to do anything with it. But they're yeah. obviously uh, they're not going to show us all their cards right, right. off the bat. So uh, they felt right. strongly enough to move on it this week. All right. So we got another one in your neck of the woods, your old stomping ground. Yin Ying Zhang, twenty six was a Chinese woman attending the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. How far is that from where you grew up? Uh, that's several hours south of okay. Urbana-Champaign. It's right in the middle of Illinois and mm-hmm. uh, Chicagoland areas where my people yeah. are at. Um, it's a great university. Many friends of mine uh, went there. Uh, she went there to study physics. Uh, she was a, a Chinese uh, citizen who graduated and got her master's degree in China in uh, uh, engineering and had wanted to become a a, a professor in the U.S. She disappeared in June 2017 on her way to sign a lease for a new apartment in Urbana after uh, arriving in the town to attend the school. So what happens is she misses her bus and prosecutors allege that this guy named Brent Christensen, who was 27 at the time, pulled up to her and said, hey, you know what, you want to ride? I see you missed the bus. Christensen has now been charged with kidnapping, resulting in death. And prosecutors said that he did torture her before killing her. She's not been found. And surveillance video from the area shows her getting in his car. So they've got that. So at least he's not getting into it. He maintains that he dropped her off blocks away, as they always do. And um, prosecutors believe he took her to his champagne apartment, restrained her, tortured her, and then tried to clean the scene after him. Prosecutors allege that um, that she fought and resisted against him. And this is 2017. And so there were cameras around. But, uh, uh, you know, this is not too long ago. The, this this could even beg the yeah. case for more public surveillance. A ca- you know, a, cabar- a cadaver dog detected traces of the dead body in that off-campus apartment. apartment. A bloody handprint was found, reportedly found in the apartment, whose handprint is unclear, whose blood uh, is unclear. And they actually got Christensen's girlfriend, Wear a Wire, to record his conversations at the request of prosecutors to try to get him to... They definitely had their eye on him. Yes, which they, um, um, which often that's one of the best things to do. It's got to be a wire case. That's what they call it. Uh, A wire case. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So. That's one of the things that they might do for the um, – they, they should have tried to do that with the Florida couple. You know, just try and get them to drink a little bit and you know, sure. somebody um, sidles up to them and then hopefully they'll – They'll let something Yeah, I was going to say, if you get one of the principals to try to wear mm-hmm. a wire, then you've got behavioral issues and, you know, people would uh, probably be sweating bullets or something yeah. if I was trying to implicate somebody. But a third person at a bar or something like that, this is this is yeah. possible. The development in the, in the Zhang case, this week a uh, judge ruled that the DNA and blood test results are allowed in the in the trial. Um, it's uh, the, the trial is scheduled to begin on April 1st. His, Christensen's defense had wanted to exclude uh, some of this evidence because they claim, for one thing, that the cadaver dog was not uh, adequately trained. Was not adequately trained. That's reaching. You're starting to reach then. That's like the Blame old... the dog. That's the old, I got a speeding ticket and you did not calibrate the gun right, so I'm going to try... It's more like the dog ate them. my homework. Or the dog ate my homework, but... Yeah, they're reaching. This is this is a, a stall tactic. The defense actually sought to delay the trial till October. Um, they're going to try and do some sort of mental health defense. Which, uh, if you're if you're legal counsel, it seems like that's kind of the best. When you're legal counsel, you try to throw up everything. Yeah, it's obvious. This guy knows. This lawyer knows that this guy's guilty. He's just going to try and throw so out all this evidence so. is found in in the thing. Yeah, yeah. They're going to they're going to hang on to that pretty uh, tightly. He's uh, uh, Brent Christensen has uh, pleaded not guilty. And uh, when this case goes to trial, prosecutors are seeking the death penalty. So we are going to end on two stories. The first story is a lovely story out of Houston about a man who breaks into a abandoned house and discovers a tiger. Why did he break into this abandoned house? He broke into this abandoned house as he related to the police when he called the police from the house. Uh, revealing that there's a tiger there, he broke in to smoke weed. So the cops ask him, are you sure you see an actual tiger or do you see, uh, or is this something in your imagination? Have you been smoking, sir, before you called us? Because um, the weed's a lot stronger than it was when we were This is kids. true. Uh, this is true. Uh, everybody that does any uh, research on the subject, uh, whether professionally or personally, uh, will tell you that. However, uh, that's a stretch to imagine uh, a tiger found in the garage of an abandoned house. Uh, a, I, I sort of take issue that I, I guess it's a little bit cold in Houston, but it feels like maybe you could just go, you know, smoke your weed in a park or something. Like yeah, that. you think uh, so? Abandoned houses sounds uh, sketchy as heck. Also, uh, there's a tiger in in the garage. Uh, the owners were nice enough. Whoever left the tiger there. The house was abandoned, but there was a supply of meat for the tiger, so the tiger was actually uh, taken care of at some point. Let's let's hope that meat is not part of another crime story. That's all I I hope because that's you, right where my that's right where my head goes. This is a, this is a true crime podcast. Yeah. The cops did uh, have to uh, tranquilize the tiger and use a wrecker to take the tiger out. Uh, no word on whether the tiger was uh, getting a contact contact high or anything like that. But you know what? The tiger's fine. Um, and tiger's you can fine. see you can see the photo on our on our social of the, the cop smiling with the tiger, which is always fun. And it's unclear whether anybody's facing any charges on yeah. this. Uh, I don't know what the what the, the weed laws are in Let Texas him right now. But, uh, you know, I feel like the guy did a public good. Did and, a public uh, good. And, and, you know, yeah. he saved an animal here. So as far as our comments go, you know, we have the most active Facebook true crime page really in the world. If you go to um, um, True Crime Daily on Facebook and we get thousands of comments every day, every day. So if you're jonesing for stories and you want to talk about these stories or any stories that come up, 
we are going to, uh, you know, go go to go to the Facebook page. And this is the one story that had a lot of kind of numerous comments. So a main man who was accused of being married to three different women in three different states is behind bars in Ohio. And his name was Michael Middleton. And they tweeted that he is, um, you know, they got a little cute Franklin County Sheriff's Department cuted that he's the Cupid of Chaos. That's what they called him, the Cupid of Chaos. So now... A lot of people wanted to weigh in on this man. He's um, he's a little heavy. He's a heavy set guy. He's a heavy set guy. Heavy so set guy. You can Midwestern see his photo fellow. there. So, you know, uh, Sarah O oh said, "I can only imagine what the woman, what the women look like by their taste in this guy." Uh, one rich age said, "Shouldn't that be considered time served?" The old ball and chain type of thing. Um, Polygamy is not a victimless crime. It's not. It's not. And um, Jerry N. said, I'll take what is desperate for a thousand Alex. But the the best one that made us both chuckle is Bob B. who wrote, uh, you know, this guy was married to three women and those three women are Marie Callender, Sarah Lee, and Mama Celeste. Which got 60 likes on the Facebook page. Which I feel like we could have done better than that out there, people. But uh, we do have jokes as well as uh, serious. There are jokes. You can make jokes about that. It's not a victimless crime, but yes, we'd like you to not make jokes when it comes to murder and kidnapping, but... Find his his mugshot. Uh, He looks remorseful. Mm-hmm. He, he looks rather sad that uh, everybody's having to be put through this. And uh, Well, he's I'm got sure he's not one, but jokes. three women pissed at him. I mean, that's not the way to... Usually on Valentine's Day, you have one woman that's going to be upset with you because you did something wrong. This guy's got three women and he did something really, really wrong. So he's having one of the worst Valentine's Days that are out there. Which uh, is perfect to end on uh, this Valentine's Day week. And uh, again, um, go to the Facebook page, go to truecrimedaily.com, go to our YouTube page, which is also the largest YouTube uh, true crime page in the world. We've got great stuff. And uh, if you uh, please uh, subscribe on iTunes to the podcast or on Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and uh, give us a rating. Five stars is always good. It actually really helps. So until next week. Until next week, uh, we're True Crime Daily, the podcast. Also, we are taking submissions. Uh, if you'd like to uh, add in something to the table here, yes. we're looking to decorate uh, since this is uh, the inaugural issue. And uh, Yes. This this room that they have us in, in uh, is a little bit too Stevie Nicks slash... Marian Faithful, Joni Mitchell, Joni Mitchell, sure. yeah, absolutely. Which so we want, we want we want we want to we want to jazz the place up a bit. So if you want to uh, send anything in, send us um, ideas uh, for decorations, that would be wonderful. So until next week, stay stay cool, stay stay cool, stay good. I don't know. Don't do crimes. <laughs> until next week, don't do crimes. Yeah.